All right, everybody. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to chat about the Denver Nuggets playoffs as we are going to get into a very fun conversation, continuing from yesterday. Uh, I'm not as sunburned as it may look. The white balance on the shirt is very off. Uh, but we're having a good time over here uh, chatting about the Nuggets, chatting about the playoffs. And, you know, if you listen to yesterday's episode, what this is going to be about, because we chatted about the regular season. We chatted about the Denver Nuggets in the regular season, what they did, uh, what sort of happened from this Nuggets group and kind of the hidden moments that people sort of forgot about. So. This entire week, I am going to be chatting about last year's moments, different moments from the previous season, just so that everybody can feel like, hey, we enjoyed that championship run. That was an awesome run. There's no doubt about it. And it's important, at least in my opinion, to be able to relive that before turning the page. And this is why I've wanted to do this one for this series for right up until Media Day, which is this next week. On October 2nd, you're listening to this on September 26th, or if you're listening to this soon after, we're about to turn the page into the 2023-24 season. Um, But for now, we are going to chat about what happened previously, relive those times, enjoy them, and that should be a lot of fun. So JF says, thanks for doing these, getting so psyched for the season, really appreciate you, my guy. And Rob says, what up, y'all? Made it live for a change. Now you're in trouble. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate you, man. Um, This is fun. I I always enjoy doing these. And I think that these particular episodes are pretty fun. Did some prep for this one, uh, as I did for this last one. So we're going to go through in the first segments. We're going to talk about games one and two of the first round of the playoffs. Second segment, we'll talk about games three and four. And then the last segment, we will talk about game five, the clincher as well as what we learned from this particular series. Because I know it's been a while, but it's a good time to remember the Denver Nuggets championship run, and we should absolutely take that time, because you never know what's going to happen in the future seasons. So let's take the time now, let's enjoy it, and we can revisit the best moments of the 2023 Denver Nuggets playoff run. So without further ado, let's talk about game one. This was an interesting one. And going back through and watching the highlights, watching uh, different clips, things that happened from that game, I remember heading into those playoffs that Denver wasn't on the best run. They were a popular pick. I remember very clearly a few select people in the media decided that they were going to pick Minnesota to upset uh, based off of the way that Minnesota finished the season versus off the, the way that Denver finished the season, which was not good. And the idea of a switch needing to be flipped was brought up ad nauseum. The Nuggets needed a switch to be flipped. And I was very curious as to what would happen in this particular series. Because you just never know until you actually get to it. I I suspected that Denver was still going to win. I suspected that they were going to win the title. But I didn't know. So this was a nice reminder game. This one was an important one. Game one of the playoffs versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, a feisty team that hadn't had Carl Anthony Towns for much of the year. Uh, They 
had weird chemistry things, given that they're playing two centers at the same time in a lot of these lineups. They had Nas Reed and Jada McDaniels go down right before the playoffs. And I think I should mention that to Nuggets fans. You're not going to like it, but I think Minnesota gets another game, maybe even two, off of Denver in the series if they have those guys. Because just having a six foot nine Jaden McDaniels who could be a wing pest, somebody who could defend Jamal Murray at a reasonable clip, that, that would have been super helpful. And then having Nas Reed to just rotate in for one of Towns or Gobert on the occasional uh, possession, especially with the bench, that probably would have been helpful. So interesting to see the way that these two teams kind of faced off against each other. Denver had been building chemistry for the entire season. Minnesota trying to figure it out on the fly. And in this game, it was a wire-to-wire blowout. Started pretty close for the, the first quarter or so. It was pretty much tied through the first quarter. But then Denver turned on the Jets in that second quarter, kind of end of first quarter and into the second quarter. And they were absolutely killing it for a while. Minnesota couldn't score. And one of the big storylines in this game was especially uh, in the second half when Denver allowed just 36 points. Uh, Denver won this game 109 to 80. It was just a, a absolute blowout by the end. But only allowing 80 points and only allowing 36 points in the second half That means they allowed 44 points in the first half, which is nothing to sneeze at. It was really, really impressive. But the kicker was 14 points allowed in the third quarter. Denver's defense came to play, and Carl Anthony Towns could not figure out how to post up Aaron Gordon or Jeff Green, got the ball stripped multiple times. Uh, He had 11 points on 15 shots. It was just one of those games that it was clear that the level of intensity and attention to detail and focus was turned up for one of the teams. And the other team just wasn't ready. Like Minnesota was not ready for that level of intensity. Joker immediately figured out the slow-mo Kyle Anderson uh, and Rudy Gobert frontcourt, which had stopped him or slowed him down during the regular season, slowed down the Nuggets during the regular season. If you remember during the regular season, there was a game in, I think, January. When Denver went to Minnesota, they didn't play. Uh, I, actually, I think they played everybody. And Minnesota didn't have Towns, but they played Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert. And Kyle Anderson guarded Jokic for much of that game. Rudy Gobert guarded Aaron Gordon or didn't guard Aaron Gordon. And Gordon went 4 of 17 because every time he tried to attack the rim, he was met with a brick wall. This time, it was different. This time, Denver deployed their players well. They were well-versed in how to fight this kind of coverage, and this was not a thing that really, uh, like, it didn't bother anything. This this was a non-factor for the early games of the series and didn't even matter at all at the, at the late parts either. Uh, Joker figured that out. And I've got in my notes here, Nikhil Alexander slows down Murray. Uh, he was a big storyline throughout the series, but uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he slowed him down. Murray only had 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists on 9 of 22 from the field, which was a very reasonable game. <laughs> if that's your that's your like C game from Jamal in these playoffs, which it was just based off of the rest of his box scores, uh, 24, 8, and 8 on 9 of 22, pretty good. Pretty freaking good. Uh, he was awesome. The bench of Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and Jeff Green looked fantastic in this one. Another one of the major storylines is that 
when the T-Wolves tried to stagger their two starters, uh, their two star centers, whether it was both of them or one of them against Denver's second unit, they couldn't get anywhere. Denver was switching everything. They were doing a great job, and Cat couldn't really figure it out. Gobert couldn't really figure it out. They were in the mud. Even DeAndre Jordan got in, and he helped out a little bit, had a couple alley-oops. Uh, one of those, he it was a sideline play where Murray is isolated against Rudy Gobert. DeAndre Jordan's hovering around the rim, waiting for the lob, and he ultimately catches it. At like the end of the third quarter, Denver goes up by 30. Murray turns to the bench, and he's just like, what are you guys doing? Like, why are you even here? Basically, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they, that was deserved with the way that that game was going. Joker finishes 13, 14, and 6. Didn't really need help scoring at all. And Christian Brown in this game stepped up right to Kyle Anderson. This was another one where Kyle Anderson is like, he's frustrated as a veteran. A, a rookie comes up into his airspace and he pushes him away. They get into a little bit of a ruckus and Christian Brown's just there like, cool, I'm having a good time, having some fun. And that is exactly what happened. And I think Christian Brown earned himself a lot of uh, a lot of credit that day. Uh, step to it, he was very much ready for whatever was going to go down there. And he got under Kyle Anderson's skin. That was kind of the first time that we've seen Christian Brown really rattle somebody else on the court in a Nuggets uniform. And I'm looking forward to seeing if we could get more of that this year. Uh, but that was a good indication that Christian Brown was ready for the moment. Uh, like I said, Jokic didn't have to do too much. Murray was fine. Porter was fine. Gordon was fine. KCP was fine. There wasn't anything crazy about the box scores in this game. But Denver, the crazy thing was the defense. 36 points allowed. Next, game two. This was a more interesting game, I think, uh, just from a, a competitive standpoint. It looked like it was going to be all nuggets all the time, especially in that first half. Um, Denver was up by like 20, 22 points or so. They were on the verge of kind of breaking the game open. Murray had 40 points in this game. Cat looked so bothered. He, like he learned nothing in the first game. Jokic smirked while he was laying up a basket around Rudy Gobert. It was very clear that Denver was in control. They dominated throughout the first half, and then they lost all of their momentum in the last in the first six minutes of the third quarter. Like literally all of it. The the twenty point lead that they had evaporated, gone. <laughs> like you just you hate to see it because Denver had done a great job, but they were sloppy coming out of the break. They were not crisp. They thought they were going to just walk into another easy victory, and Minnesota went and took it. And Anthony Edwards, he he was one of those guys. Forty one points of the game looked unbelievable. And no matter what Denver did in that third quarter, they could not really survive the Anthony Edwards uh, onslaught. Like, it was him. It was kickout passes to other guys. Rudy Gobert made some plays. It wasn't really Cat. He was like 3 of 12 in this game. So nothing to really sneeze at there. But uh, Edwards was the one who was really driving this bus. And it wasn't until the fourth quarter with both Jokic and Murray on the sidelines where Denver finally figured some things out. Because Michael Porter Jr. figured it out. He was the one who got Denver going with some big buckets. He had an and one three in the first game. Had another and one three in the fourth quarter of this game. And that was a big sigh of relief for Denver. Where they didn't know what they were going to do if the bench really struggled. Michael Porter delivered. He had a big play uh, collecting a, a four point play there. Had a nice uh, re kind of reverse layup. 
that I have as the the thumbnail for this podcast. And he was fantastic in that fourth quarter. Hadn't really scored that much up through the first three, but took over in the fourth. Murray got to 40 himself by going at Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. Edwards did everything that he could to keep the T-Wolves in it. Just didn't matter. Denver had too much firepower. And it was very clear after two games that this game or the series was going to come down to game three. And that was where uh, things had things were just trending. So pretty impressive stuff from Denver in their first two games. They showed up and showed out. And uh, just going back and looking through it, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, crap, Denver might be real. They might be a really good team. And as it turns out, they were. So good stuff there. Uh, really, uh, really love this. Uh, actually, Tom, good comments here. I love how confident T-Wolves fans wanting to lose to the Lakers because they thought Denver was easier than Memphis. Yeah, that was a time. <laughs> that was an interesting time. Uh, you just never know what's going to happen. But hey, I mean, good good for them. Good on them for, for trying. Uh, oh, I, I, for, I forgot. I didn't realize I didn't change this this banner over. Sorry. Nuggets relaxed. Anthony gets in gear. Murray drops 40 in game two. Um, yeah, it was just a a good moment for Denver. Being up 2-0 in a series, comfortably 2-0, despite the fact that things have looked a little bit weird at one point, and they're going to Minnesota with a 2-0 lead. So when we come back, we are going to chat about the games in Minnesota, games three and four. Make sure we get to talk about those. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, why don't you try your hand with the local book? Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. They're just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure that you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of $250 as long as you use that promo code MILEHIGH when you sign up and wager in the same day. All you got to do is bet with the best and use that promo code. Mile high this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, if you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, or if you could like and subscribe on YouTube, that would be awesome too. Uh, leave a comment down below. What game was your favorite from this series? Uh, there are some candidates. I don't think that these were the best games of the playoffs for Denver, but I do think that they were good games and they absolutely deserve some credit. So, Comment down below what game was your favorite. All right, game three. Can we make this a short series? Absolutely. This was one where not a lot of people knew how Denver would respond to the possibility of of going on the road, seeing whether they could take care of business. I mean, I know, like you guys, I thought that Denver would probably split the series, or they would probably split the games in Minnesota and then come back and win the series in five games. That was my expectation for this series. It was either that or Denver in six. Uh, as it turns out, Denver, they made this easier on themselves by getting game three. 
Denver won this one 120 to 111. And they were lucky. I was lucky to be in this building for this one. This was a uh, this was an insane, great atmosphere. I loved the environment in the Minnesota Target Center. That was great. Uh, the story of this one, at least early on, Cat was starting to figure some things out. Anthony Edwards was getting hot. Rudy Gobert was making plays, and you just started to see Minnesota play with some of that confidence that you're expecting them to play with at home, and it was great except they couldn't really stop Denver. And Denver was doing everything that they needed to in order to keep the T-Wolves at bay. Uh, Everyone played well for Denver. There was not a guy on Denver's team in Denver's rotation that played badly offensively. Now, there are guys that played badly defensively. I don't think that Jokic was particularly great defensively in this series. I don't think he needed to be. Uh, But Jokic and Murray, they both orchestrated. They were very, very good in this one. But it was actually Michael Porter Jr. who led the way with 25. He was great scoring the basketball and made every shot that Denver needed him to make, whether they were off the dribble, whether they were spot-ups. The clutch shots that he made were very, very important. Uh, And the bench lineups were good again. That's another story of this series, that three straight games, Denver had good production and good effectiveness from their bench lineups. You don't always need a perfect bench, but you need a lineup that isn't going to hemorrhage points like it did for Denver in the regular season. And it was cool to see Denver have that with Bruce Brown, Jamal Murray staggering, Aaron Gordon staggering, Christian Brown, and Jeff Green. And that was the lineup for the most part. Sometimes you had Michael Porter in there, sometimes you had KCP in there, but most of the time it was that group. And it was great. And throughout this game, even like like basically going from the second quarter on or so, Denver was permanently up like 6 to 12 points. There were times where it went on either side of that, but for the most part, Denver was comfortably ahead. And by the six-minute mark or so of the fourth quarter, I remember this feeling distinctly. Nobody in the building thought that they would win. Nobody in the building thought that Minnesota was going to pull that out. Because every time Minnesota went on a run, they would either follow it up with a turnover, or Denver would capitalize, and they would uh, have an easy run-up for a three or a layup. Or Denver would just execute, and they would make a play. And that's all it really took. Uh, Denver, they made it work, and clutch baskets by MPJ, but also even Christian Brown in the fourth quarter. Those guys were great, especially in transition. So, gotta love it. That was a very, very important part of the series. Maybe the most straightforward part of the series out of all the games, but it was an important piece because you go, instead of going up 2-1, you go up 3-0. And I remember, like, there was zero hope in the Minnesota crowd by that point. Like, and especially going into game four, there was zero hope. But Denver getting that game three, as opposed to losing it and then giving life to the opposing team, this was a big, big deal in keeping this to be a short series. And I do think that that helped in a championship run. Game four. This is the next one. T-Wolves, they avoid the sweep. Denver nearly found a way to win at the end. But the story of this one was sloppy on both ends of the floor. The energy was very weird in that building. Minnesota ultimately won 114-108 to in overtime. But I remember this, this very distinctly. Uh, Denver fought through it. And they had some great moments. Murray wasn't great. Murray was bothered by Nikhil Alexander-Walker's full-court pressure. That was something, that was at least a storyline that I remember being there and watching him deal with that pressure full court and it's slowing down the offense and slowing down Denver's efficiency. 
ruining the timing on some things that they were trying to do. And that was one of the catalysts for Aaron Gordon bringing up the ball and Jokic bringing up the ball and KCP bringing up the ball in Game 5. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker earned himself some dollars in that particular series. There was less energy until the second half when the T-Wolves fans felt like they might be able to get something out of it. Uh, But Jokic was great throughout, especially offensively. Defensively, this might have been his worst game of the series. But he had 43 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, but he was a minus 14. And the reason for that was because Conley, Edwards, Gobert, they were figuring out how to space the pick and roll when they were attacking him and when they were attacking Denver. It's not just Jokic. It's whoever he's involved with. It's Murray. It's KCP. It's the rotation behind. Uh, But they were figuring it out as a team. And this was pretty interesting to watch, but uh, Minnesota picked it up, so did the fans, and by the 240 mark in the fourth quarter, the T-Wolves were up 96 to 84, and you thought, ah, this is probably going to not end well for Denver. Like, could probably just pack it up and set it home. Nope. The next few possessions Denver has in a row, Jokic hits a three, Michael Porter hits a three, Michael Porter hits a pump fake three. Jokic isolates and fades for two against Carl Anthony Towns. That's 11 points if you're counting, an 11-0 run. And Denver is down 96-95 with like 40 seconds to go. They get a turnover and then go down the other end of the floor. Jokic gets fouled, has an opportunity to win the game at the line, and goes one of two. In a epic, especially offensive performance from Joker, in a game that Denver had zero business winning. They almost won it. <laughs> that would have been so freaking cool. Uh, but they they didn't ultimately win it. Goes to overtime. Mike Conley banks a three. Back-to-back Nikhil Alexander-Walker threes. Edwards does his thing. Hits a step-back three over uh, Aaron Gordon in overtime. And Minnesota survives. They, they avoid the sweep. They instead get gentlemen sweeped. And that's a uh, swept. And that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But it was interesting to watch. Denver nearly earned the first sweep in franchise history, I believe. And had they done that, like that would have been even better. Uh, because little did we know, it would have uh, preceded another sweep that had happened. Uh, but it was kind of nice, actually. You know what? Never mind. I'm glad that this happened the way that it did. Because going 4-1 and then leaving the first sweep in NBA history to the Los Angeles Lakers... That's way cooler for the Denver Nuggets fan base and for the franchise. So not really going to question that. But either way, those were the two games in Minnesota. When we come back, we are going to chat about Game 5 as Denver sticks it out, finishes the series, and then we'll talk about what we learned from this particular series. We will be right back. But first, this message from Scott the Huff. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We're doing the best moments of the Denver Nuggets playoff run. Final segment here. Let's wrap this one up by talking about Game 5, which was an ugly and inefficient game for pretty much everybody. This was not a fun game to watch. This was a sweater, uh, is what I will call it. Ugly start for Denver. Ah, that's The scoreboard at, the, at one point rang, uh, it read 25-12, to 12, I think, for Minnesota. 
and Denver, like they just didn't have the energy. They just didn't have the, the gas, uh, the want to, whatever it was. They did not fare well. Ultimately, they closed that quarter out pretty well, figured some things. But it was an interesting one where you, you were hoping for Denver to really put their foot down. And the opposite kind of happened. Minnesota played great. Denver took their first punch. And clearly, that just wasn't the that wasn't meant to be. But then Denver figured it out. They figured it out. I remember going back and watching this game. One of the notes I have in here, Anthony Edwards is screaming for fouls in this one. And he's one of those guys that I think as he gains more notoriety and more fame, he is going to be a whiner to the officials. Uh, he screams kind of like Anthony Davis, and he complains kind of like Luca. not to the degree of either of those guys, but he's going to be one that Nuggets fans get annoyed by, especially in the playoffs when he's killing everybody. Uh, but we're, we're just going to have to see what happens with that one. Uh, but he was great uh, once again in this one. Not as great as he had been in the two Minnesota games, so he was great. Jokic, though, he struggled, at least with the efficiency. He struggled. He was 8 of 29 from the field in this game. Uh, which is just not something that you see from Jokic. It's very, very rare. The difference between this kind of game and what other people might have in a 8 of 29 performance is that Jokic still impacted the game in several different ways. 17 rebounds, 12 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. was a plus 3 in a game Denver won by 3, despite the fact that he missed 21 shots. So, who knows? Like, sometimes you just get it. Sometimes you figure it out. And Jokic, he struggled with his efficiency, but did everything else. Jamal Murray, though, he was great. He was really, really great in this one. 35 points on 23 shots, had some circus shots. If you remember, this was the game where coming out of halftime, he hits the runner uh, while turned around and, and just basically 180 blind uh, layup and one. That was a great one. And then he had some killer buckets throughout the second half, just to not necessarily down the stretch of this game, but ones where if it goes the other direction, the game probably falls by the wayside, and he just made some really, really important plays. Another guy who made important ones, Bruce Brown. 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 14 points off the bench. He had been kind of muted. like this. He was about 9 to 12 points for most of those games, uh, most of games 1 through 4. This was the first one where I can really remember him making a massive difference. And he made all eight of his free throws, especially down the stretch. He was one of the guys that they fouled late, and he had to make his free throws in order to make it work, and he did. It was fantastic. Uh, Bruce Brown, gonna miss the dude. He was fantastic for Denver. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, they really figured some things out by the end. There were like four and ones for Carl Anthony Towns in this game, uh, but uh, for whatever reason, Jokic was the guy who ultimately fouled out both Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Neither of them uh, finished the game. They both finished with six fouls. And by the end of that matchup, it was just very clear. Denver had done everything that they could to Minnesota, and Minnesota had given Denver back its best punch. Uh, all three of Cat, Gobert, and Anthony Edwards played pretty well in this game, but this was the first time that Mike Conley kind of struggled. So pretty interesting to see the margins for a team like Minnesota. They didn't have another guy that they could really trust off the like off the bench or just even another starter to really handle the basketball in those moments other than Ant. So that was what really helped Minnesota get out of the hole that they had dug for themselves uh, in games three and four 
or well, they they dug the hole in games one and two and kind of climbed out of it in games three and four. Really started to figure some things out with Conley, especially, but he did not play well in game five. Denver took advantage of that and they won 112 109. One of the final shots that Jokic made in this one, an and one, uh, where he kind of like flips the ball up over his shoulder and drops through the net after a pump fake. Big, big time shot and lots of uh, lots of fist pumps from everybody and screams. It was very, very cool. And that was the series. That was it. Denver won. Uh, it was very, very close at the end, but Denver squeaked it out and they moved on. They moved on to the second round. Uh, they would ultimately face the Phoenix Suns, but here's what we learned. Here's what we learned from this series. There's a lot to, to kind of take from this, although this one I think is less so than some of the other ones. The defense was, in fact, ready in this series for Denver. We had a lot of questions kind of going into it, but the defense did ultimately prove itself. Uh, the 80 points that they allowed in the game one really set the tone, and they just locked in when they needed to. There are plenty of times that they didn't, they didn't have to lock in in this series because Minnesota, they're an eight seed. They were not the most dangerous team that Denver faced, despite the fact that Bruce Brown might say to the contrary. He's mostly trolling, I think, uh, but he was great. Jamal Murray had mostly peaks in this series, had a couple valleys, had a couple moments where you look back on it and you think, ah, I could have probably done better here. But for the most part, his first five playoff games since coming off of the torn ACL, he acquitted himself really, really well. Joker was the best player in this series, but I think Anthony Edwards was the second best player based off of what he showed. Uh, on my top 100 list, I think I had him at like 17 or so, 16 or 17. And he's a couple spots above Jamal. That is a credit to Anthony Edwards and just how dynamic he looked in this series. I think that this next year he's going to be crazy good. And if the the work that he did in Team USA is any indication, I think he's about to average like 26 a night, be really efficient and effective in a, in a bunch of different categories. And I think it's just going to be a very interesting step up for him going forward. Aaron Gordon's work on Michael Porter or on Carl Anthony Towns, excuse me. The work that Cat that uh, AG did on Cat early on in the series, that's what made the series a short one. If Cat had gotten going in game two, for example, uh, that was a game that Denver won by nine, but that was because Cat, three of 12, five turnovers, could have played way better and didn't. The work that Aaron Gordon did won Denver this series early. And that was a really, really important thing where Denver, they got to operate from a place of advantage in this series and basically in every series that they played. They were never tied except for uh, going into game ones, uh, they going into game three in Miami, and then going into game five against Phoenix. Those were the only times that they were really tied with another team in a series. And this was an important piece of why Denver won the, the finals in general. So they never had to really try too hard for a comeback. They came back within games, but never really had to come back from down, which they had to do the previous time they were in the bubble. So I think that was a big deal. Michael Porter stepped up in big spurts offensively. Uh, the game two really steps out. Game three really stands out. Uh, had a couple of buckets in game five, especially in the fourth quarter late. And then the bench was solid. It wasn't a memorable bench, but it was uh, still a good, solid bench and gave Denver the minutes that they needed in order to survive this series. So 
really important stuff from that group, and it was nice to see Denver step up in that way. Um, I am hopeful that as we continue to do this exercise, we are going to continue to learn about what this Nuggets team uh, can do going forward, not just in uh, this particular year as we relive what happened, but what they will take going forward with them, just kind of what their identity is going to be like, and whether they could recreate their successes or not. That's part of what I'm doing this for. So, folks, I think that's going to do it. I really appreciate everybody for hanging out with me tonight. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the show, whether you're on YouTube or on the uh, Pickaxe and Roll audio feed. Uh, really appreciate everybody involved there. Uh, hit that like button on the way out. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we'll be talking about the Phoenix Suns. Second round playoff series. Denver won that series 4-2. to two, And there's plenty to chat about in this matchup between Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray versus Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.